250 for a highball and a buck and a half for a beer. You are stumbling into the Taking All Wrong podcast. We appreciate you joining us again this week. As always, I am your host, J.D. Mill. We're going to mix it up a little bit as far as the format this week. We're going to be joined uh, in our first segment here by Stepper to talk a little bit of uh, non-revenue roundup. But first, I do want to remind you that Taking All Wrong is brought to you by Ticks Blitz. Dot com. Go be sure to visit their website. Again, it's tixblitz.com, T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Use the promo code armchair and you'll get 5% off of your entire order. Tixblitz, guaranteed seats, guaranteed emotions. So Stepper, welcome back to uh, Taking All Wrong. How have you been? Howdy, I've been good. How are you? Good. I'm good. I appreciate you joining us tonight. We've got a, a few things to talk about. First of all, uh, women's hoops uh, ended the season and uh, is looking forward to the uh, Big Ten tournament, similar to the men's team, which we'll chat about in a little bit with Jake. It sounds like they've uh, got a little bit of work to do. Tell us what's going on with the Lady Hoopsters. Well, they uh, closed out the regular season uh, yesterday, I believe, with an 82-63 to 63 senior night victory over Michigan State, which puts them at 20-9 and nine overall and 9-9 nine and nine in the Big Ten. So Whalen's had a pretty decent first season, but has some work to do if she wants to make the dance here. So um, they're heading into the Big Ten tournament against Indiana. They're, they're holding the number seven seed. And the uh, Gophers beat Indiana in Bloomington 65-61 about a month ago. So current NCAA bracketology um, has six Big Ten teams in so far, so I think we'll really need to wail on some people in this tournament in order to make the day. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, hopefully Waylon can bring some of the uh, magic that she brought as a player to uh, the tournament and uh, and have some of that rub off on her squad. Let's shift gears to uh, the ice. The uh, women's hockey team also has uh, completed – their season and uh, it's tournament it's tournament time for everybody. Uh, Lady Gophers are heading into uh, their portion of the WCHA tournament. Talk to us a little bit about uh, what we can expect from uh, the Lady Gophers hockey team. I, I think the uh, separate distinctions went away after after a while. I know they still have the Ms. benches at the Dinky Town McDonald's, but we don't we don't use that logo anymore. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> the uh they're heading in they're playing Duluth uh at two o'clock this Saturday um in the second round here of the, of the uh, WCHA tournament feels good to say WCHA again um they're in as the one seed uh after winning the Big Ten uh in the last weekend there um they were two one and one against the Bulldogs in the regular season so hope that we can uh keep hitting a a high stride here at the right time and and head strongly into the NCAA tournament very good. Well, good luck to uh, to the Gophers on ice up in uh, up in Duluth this weekend. And lastly, I know uh, a sport that's becoming nearer and dearer to your heart. Uh, Gopher Wrestling hosts the Big Ten tournament this weekend. Tell us a little bit about what's been going on with uh, Gopher Wrestling and uh, what the outlook is for the tournament. Well, I was devastated that the weather, while it's ruining the rest of our lives, also ruined the wrestling uh, meet that was supposed to happen at Northrop. Uh, the airport canceled a bunch of flights, and so they didn't That's end up right. having that, that meet against Ryder. So yeah, that, I forgot that about that. That stunk. was very excited about that, yeah. 
But uh, we're hosting the Big Ten tournament this weekend at Williams Arena, which is going to be cool in the in the bigger arena. Um, and we are one of five teams in the Big Ten to have a seated wrestler at all ten weight classes, which is pretty cool. Um, and then there, there's a varied number of bids that the Big Ten gets to send automatically into the NCAA tournament. Um, but if we um, everybody wrestles to the level that they're currently preceded at the Big Ten tournament. We should get in at all levels except, or all weight classes except 184 and 197, unless Brandon Crone and Dylan Anderson can uh, make a little noise themselves and and uh, pull off some upsets here. But it should be a pretty fun weekend. Um, there's three sessions. If if people are looking to get just a single ticket to get in, there's a Saturday morning session, and then they clear the arena. There's a Saturday night session, and then Sunday. I think once you're in the door, you're there for the the wrap up and then all the championship rounds as well. So I, I believe Sunday is just an all day, same ticket situation. So there should be a, a hefty amount of snow on my car by the time I leave Williams arena on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Does sound like we've got another potential storm on the way. Well, Holy smokes. Uh, definitely uh, good to hear the Gophers are uh, in all sport or multiple sports, I guess, uh, making a run at, at tournaments. And uh, we, we definitely, um, wish them well. We appreciate you uh, joining us again this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. There's not uh, much news yet, but hopefully they all come out of their conference tournaments looking pretty good. That'd be good. That'd be good. And if they don't, we just won't talk about it. We'll we'll do the the same thing that we did to men's basketball last year, which was we just quit podcasting when <laughs> they started to suck. So I am uh, I am fully prepared to shift over to softball and baseball whenever you say the word. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Very good. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, Taking all wrong, we'll be right back. We'll be uh, back with West Coast Jake to talk some men's hoops and uh, what they have to do to make a tournament and maybe uh, save Richard Patino's job. Again, you're listening to the Top Pod. Welcome back to Taking All Wrong. Time to uh, switch gears and uh, focus on men's basketball. I want to quickly remind you that the second half of tonight's Taking All Wrong is brought to you by MyBookie. As always, go to MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code WRONG25. And uh, you will get uh, you will get an offer. They'll match your the first deposit dollar for dollar. Again, that's mybookie.ag. Be sure to use the promo code wrong twenty five. We are joined by West Coast Jake. Good evening, sir. Good evening, JD. How are you? I'm pretty good. We're we're in a similar situation as we were in the last time we recorded two weeks ago, which was the Gophers had uh, had a bit of a slide, but they happened to win the game right before we recorded, which was Indiana. Um, kind of similar this week. Um, Gophers had have uh, over the last couple of weeks lost to Michigan, um, just an abysmal offensive effort in the first half, only um, – uh, 18 first half points, I believe. Uh, they then followed that up with an absolutely inexcusable loss to Rutgers, um, up by seven at the half. They end up losing the game by four uh, at Rutgers, and then uh, did win over Northwestern. 
Um, last week, uh, did get good Amir coffee, which was nice. Um, if I saw correctly, I think it was the first time in his career that he's had a double double, which sort of blew my mind. Um, Gophers were up 12 at halftime, played pretty even with Northwestern in the second half, um, and, and did come away with a win. So, uh, wanted to get your thoughts on, uh, the last couple weeks here of Gopher basketball. Yeah, so first of all, thanks for giving me last week off uh, to walk off the embarrassment of predicting a 2-0 week and then watching us uh, predictably lose to Michigan and and very unpredictably lose to Rutgers. Um, I did need a full week to recover from that one. Uh, But uh, of course, as this Gopher team has seemed to kind of do all year, we basically have done enough in the last three games to stay alive for the NCAA tournament, but not feel comfortable about being in it. So that's a ton of fun. Um, the, the Michigan game, I think you hit on it for the most part, just a dreadful offensive performance. Um, the one made three pointer should sound very familiar to, to diehard fans as it's been the sort of theme in about half of the losses. I feel like we've either made zero three pointers or one three pointer and, Jake, are you there? Seem to be having a little bit of technical difficulty. I think we'll be able to get Jake back with us. Uh, one second here. Well, we had a couple uh, little technical difficulties there, but we do have West Coast Jake back. And Jake, uh, I think we're ready to, uh, first of all, are you okay? I am okay. I don't know what happened, but I'm back now. Good, good. We used to always lose uh, Matt O'Connell to the Matrix, so, but that was generally from him driving around Prior Lake in his car. So we're glad to uh, have you back and uh, and unharmed. You were, I believe, getting into talking about uh, the inexcusable loss to Rutgers. Yeah, I was I was ranting to myself about the Rutgers game for another about three minutes after I got dropped, and I I think the conference line must have decided that the it, it's so necessary to rant about <laughs> losing to Rutgers that I should be able right. to do it twice. Great. I love it. I love it. Let's, I I hope you can remember everything you said. (laughs) Um, Something about inexcusable effort, uh, very poor performance. Uh, We had a halftime lead. We had a five point lead with a few minutes to go and, and obviously just horrible offensive possessions and offensive execution down the stretch. And look, that's the type of game that an NCAA tournament caliber team wins. And what's really frustrating about this one is it, it wasn't one where you say, well, we played really well or we played even decent but couldn't hit a shot. We shot 8 of 15 from 3. Gabe Kalshur was 6 for 6 from 3, which I would posit should never, ever, ever happen. You should not shoot 100% from 3 on 6 of 6 in a loss. Get that kid a 7th, 8th, and ninth three-point attempt if he has to pull up from just across half court and heat check, you're well within the range at that point. That was by far our best offense. And it's absolutely insane to get him only one look in the second half. Uh, so very frustrated about that. 
Um, really tough loss to digest. Uh, and then you just hope it doesn't completely snowball against a really bad Northwestern team. And to our team's credit, we, we took care of business there. Uh, I think you tweeted about how boring the game was. Uh, I won't argue with you on that, except to say, to you know, wins are good and we'll take them however we can get them at this point. And the no look over the head looping pass from Dupree to Amir was a pretty sweet moment. So at least we have one five second highlight to remember from beating Northwestern, which more or less kept us alive in the NCAA tournament discussion. I'll say definitely work to do. Definitely wish you could have gone at least two and one in that stretch, but uh, we've got a chance and we've got stuff to play for ahead of us with a week to go in the regular season. We're just, Am I right? Did you hear the same stat that that was Coffee's first double double as a Gopher? Does that seem insane? <laughs> you you are right. It seems crazy. I think his previous career high in rebounds was seven or eight. Um, I mean, keep in mind he has played every game of his career next to Jordan Murphy and in most cases Reggie Lynch, but still that does speak to the fact that he is he does not rebound like a 68 wing player should rebound um but that being said he came out very aggressive um which was great to see against northwestern and i think like the point total is great he was hitting shots we all know especially when his jump shot is on and he's aggressive that he can be a great great scorer um, I think the rebounding number is a testament to what his his mindset and sort of motivation and attitude was like, which is it, almost an even better sign. Right. Uh, I mentioned that we got good Amir in this game. Uh, what, what goes on with, I mean, is it a function of our offense or, I mean, is it chicken or the egg as far as what goes on with the offense if uh, Amir's hitting or not, or, or the opposite. I mean, he disappears uh, as much as any player that I can remember on this team. I don't think it's the offense as much because if the offense does one thing, it gives individual players a lot of freedom to sort of make their own decisions and, and to attack as they see fit. I think it's a little bit the matchups on the floor. Uh, so is he can he out athlete and out quick the guy who's who's guarding him and does he feel confident in that matchup i think that's part of it i think part of it is just the shot if he can even hit a 15 footer or a three early in the game and and show a threat of that and make people respect the drive a little bit more i I think that helps and then i think some of that is is his aggressiveness and his mindset as well. And frankly, that's part of why, as we've talked about, getting out and running as much as possible really helps this team. Uh, because if you can get him involved in a couple fast break buckets early on, that's a huge that can be a huge boost to his confidence. And uh, we'll talk about Purdue in a minute, but the first Purdue game is a really good example where he was very quiet in the first half. And then we got him a fast break dunk just before halftime. And after halftime, he comes out, gets a steal, another finish, and then hits a big three. And I think he had another driving layup. And so it's it's almost like flipping that switch and, and getting him active and involved early uh, can, can definitely help him be more aggressive and be more successful. So you mentioned that uh, uh, you mentioned Purdue and, and the Gophers basically 
in my opinion, and you and I chatted about this sort of offline today a little bit, but <clears throat> basically they've got to come up with two wins. Um, and it doesn't, uh, it's not an easy road. They've got two ranked teams. They've got a, uh, they've got Purdue coming into the barn, uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday, or, or perhaps tonight as you listen to this. And then they have to travel to Maryland, who's ranked number 24 right now. Uh, talk a little bit about this week, um, uh, what the scenarios are, and uh, and if you think that there's a possibility that that the Gophers might go into the Big Ten tournament and uh, and actually feel very safe with their position. So it's it's certainly a tall task. Uh, two regular season games left, and then the Big Ten tournament. A- as you mentioned, think of it as needing two wins total to feel good. So either split these two and then win one in the tournament, which is probably going to be an 8-9 matchup. So uh, Illinois, the most likely first-round opponent, potentially in Indiana, so you'd go in needing to win that game. Or if you drop both of these games, uh, you probably need to win at least two in the Big Ten tournament, uh, which would be in Illinois or Indiana, followed by Purdue, because Purdue is going to be the one seed if they beat us uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night at the barn. So... It's certainly a tall task, but at the same time have opportunities in front of us. I think the big one is trying to go at least one and one this week. And frankly, although Purdue is probably the better team, uh, the better chance is probably at home um, on senior night. uh, Hopefully a very lively, excited crowd, motivated team. Uh, The seniors want to go out on a high note and I will uh, I'll give our listeners a reason for optimism quickly, which is Purdue has been much more human on the road. When I looked at their home games or at, at their home games, obviously they're they're undefeated at Mackey this year. It's one of the toughest places to play in the country. But then you look at their road games, um, lost to Florida State, very good team, killed by Michigan, very good team, beat by Texas killed by Michigan State, squeaked out an OT win in the Kohl Center, which, as we all know, is a very tough place to play, Uh, (laughs) beat Ohio State, needed overtime to beat Penn State, killed by Maryland, beat Indiana by two, beat Nebraska by three. So they're winning. They're finding ways to get it done on the road in the Big Ten for the most part. Huge credit to them. But they have not looked like the team that blows the doors off people for the most part um so you know they're they're pretty heavily reliant on the three-pointer should we should we happen to see some shooting that's a little bit cooler than usual from the opponent tomorrow night um we might have a punter's chance and that would put us right in the conversation that would put us you know give us another huge victory and leave us uh probably only needing one more win to to feel like we're basically a lock. It's interesting. We uh, When we talked about Purdue, the last Purdue game uh, at Mackey Arena, um, you know, that was sort of the game where it, it really became apparent that this team just doesn't have that emotional leader, the, the person that can 
<clears throat> fire them up when they need to, or calm them down for that matter. Um, you know, what, whatever that happens to be. So maybe playing at home will, uh, will light a little bit of a spark. And um, if we get uh, some good offensive performances, uh, that would be a, a definitely a good win uh, to add to the schedule. I know Maryland has, um, uh, you know, fallen off a little bit since we played them earlier in the year, but you know, this gopher team, you know, 12 and three at home, just two and eight on the road, I believe four and oh, four and oh, or five and oh, I can't remember in a neutral site game. So, um, going on the road, um, to play Maryland is, is not an easy task. Um, hopefully it will uh, be a situation where, uh, the Gophers had already won against Purdue, but, um, who knows what, what do we need to look for against Maryland? You're, you're definitely right that Maryland's cooled off a little bit. We played them the first time around and they were in the midst of a six game big 10 winning streak and sort of firing on all cylinders. They're something like four and four in their last eight games. So, uh, definitely come back to earth a little bit. I think Maryland's a bit of a tough matchup for us because they have two NBA caliber post players that can somewhat neutralize uh, Oturu, although he did have a double-double, I think, in the first matchup, um, as well as Jordan Murphy. The big thing to watch there will be their their smaller, quick guard, Colin, who pretty much killed us in the, in the second half um, of the matchup at Williams arena. And so do we have someone that can stay in front of him and, and limit his scoring? And then the weird thing I saw on Ken Palm, while I was checking out these last couple games, uh, Maryland does not turn other teams over. They actually force the second fewest turnovers in the entire country. They're number 352. So if we have an above average shooting game, uh, which, you know, you know the team we have. We aren't known for our, our outstanding shooting. Uh, but they aren't going to win, most likely, by turning us over um, or by totally suffocating us on on defense. They sort of rely on forcing teams into reasonably difficult shots and using their big guys to clean up the glass. So if you have the type of game where uh, Gabe goes unconscious for three or, you know, maybe Amir and Dupree are each hitting a couple, that's... That's potentially the recipe for an upset there. Should be an interesting week. The Gophers definitely have work left to do. Um, we've talked a couple of times on this podcast about what the Gophers uh, making a uh, NCAA tournament means as far as Richard Patino's job. The the uh, the consensus has sort of always been make the tournament. He saves his job, miss the tournament. Uh, he's out of a job. Uh, still, still feeling like that's uh, that's uh, what's going to happen here, or what the what the most likely scenario is. I still feel like that's a, a good proxy. Yes, um, despite MV messaging us after Rutgers and saying losing to Rutgers is a fireable offense, <laughs> which is arguably true. Uh, I, <laughs> in any sport, I would say I think that was the actual comment. <laughs> yes, in in any sport, um, I I would still say that's a reasonable proxy. Uh, is that, you know, again, I'm not positive that's how it's actually going to play out. At this point, we're literally looking at making or missing the tournament by a single game, most likely. So it'll be more about the feelings around program direction and recruiting trajectory and things like that, just as much as, as making the tournament. But what really helps here 
from the perspective of making the tournament isn't just saving Coach Patino's job. It's the fact that he didn't get an extension last year, um, which makes sense off that sort of meltdown after all the injuries and everything. But if you're not going to move on from Richard, I think you definitely need to extend him this offseason from a recruiting perspective and program momentum. And so getting to the NCAA tournament and, gosh, ideally even winning a game there really sort of helps the momentum and dynamics behind that and makes it a lot easier to swallow because we we can't have another sort of year with a lame duck or, or hot seat type coach. And so the decision definitely needs to be made one way or the other. And an extension looks, sounds, and feels much, much better if you're coming off a sort of high of a successful end to the season, which would involve at least one more big sort of ranked type win, as well as uh, making and competing in the NCAA tournament. It's, uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's probably a hundred teams uh, in the country right now that would, you could say, uh, the next two weeks are the biggest two weeks of the year for uh, for this program, but I, I don't think it's an understatement whatsoever about the Gophers. You've got a tournament berth on the line. You potentially have a coach's job on the line. And uh, schedule-wise, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to be tough for me to be able to record anything next week. So when this podcast comes back in a couple of weeks, we could either be uh, looking at uh, breaking down an NCAA tournament berth or potentially um, looking at uh, who the next coach of the Gophers should be. So uh, a lot is riding on uh, these next couple of weeks uh, for for this Golden Gopher Hoops team. Well, uh, that's going to do it for us here at Taken All Wrong. Uh, as always, clink them and drink them. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. We appreciate everybody listening and sharing the podcast uh, with your friends, family, coworkers, uh, people you meet on the street, uh, whatever it happens to be. Uh, we appreciate that and uh, all your retweets and for uh, interacting with us Um on uh, Twitter. One thing that I have not been very good at is is uh, sort of letting people know where you can reach us on Twitter. So Jake, what is your uh, your Twitter handle where people can uh, follow you for your thoughts during games? My Twitter handle is West Coast Jack. So it's West underscore Coast underscore Jack. And I do tend to tweet fairly actively for better or for worse during Gopher games. Yes, and uh, always a good follow during Gopher games, uh, winning or losing. Um, of course, you can find me on Twitter at JD Mill, and Stepper uh, is also on Twitter. You can find her at Step U Ma. So S T E P the letter U-M-A-H. So we do appreciate it uh, and uh, definitely follow along for uh, for more insight and uh, interact with us. And if you ever have questions that you want us to chat about on the podcast, please, uh, please do so. Um, so for Stepper, for West Coast Jake, I am J.D. Mill. Jeffrick would tell you to stay classy and go Gophers. I will remind you to row the boat and sky you mountain.